gotta tell you, this is really good timing. I love it. You coming on this podcast right now with all that's going on. No question, my friend. Uh, I think it, it is amazing that some people, and I, I'll be very honest with you, there's some people who hear the message of the movement and go, I, I, what do I need this for? And you're like, seriously? You still, they don't know. You still they don't, don't know. get it? No, they don't. Yeah, and I could tell you, you know, we'll get into it, but I had an expert, uh, a, a global, you know, leader in the causes of social, uh, the social determinants of health, who said to me uh, nearly four years ago now, he said, Pete, you're gonna be very successful with this movement, but you need to know one thing. And I said, oh, what's that? He said, it is going to take time. Mm -hmm. He said, because most people have no idea what you're talking about. And he was right. And those who've sound, done any type of self-development work, anybody who's been through a crisis, anybody who's been obviously lonely, understands how important people are but those who've lived you know a good life and frankly you know we've lived in 50 60 years of the greatest growth era in the history of the world and yet we have more people alone alone and disconnected than ever before and so. that and that's the reason for the growth exactly they got humankind out of the way and all of a sudden everything started going crazy yeah and right now away. we're now we're being shocked into the reality that what we were living wasn't sustainable well, not only is it not sustainable, it was the it was the wrong kind of part. It's the wrong progress towards the utopia that they are hoping for. Mm. Well, especially I just finished. I don't, I'm sure you know Lori Santos. Do you know that name, Dr. Lori Santos of Yale? I the name sounds familiar. I don't know it deeply, but she is the uh, she's the lady at Yale who uh, started up the what they uh, she has a happiness lab podcast. She started up the, the Science of Wellbeing course. It's the number one course taken at Yale. They've been giving out free on Coursera for, since the start of the pandemic. I just finished it last week or a couple weeks ago. And it's clear, our brains tell us that what makes us happy is more wealth, more money, more stuff, bigger houses, more travel, you know, all that stuff. Bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. One, one, one. And then, you know, what the science tells us is that kindness, generosity, human connection, health, time, uh, time affinity, freedom of time, you know, that's what makes us happy. But unfortunately, to this point, and Dr. Robert Waldinger at uh, Harvard, who's been running the happiness study, the, uh, the course on the science of human development, you know, it's, again, they interview the people on their deathbed. Yeah. And they, and they say, hey, what would you, what do you wish you had to spend more time doing? Hanging think, out with, yeah, hanging, hanging out, out with people. House, yeah. You know, so how crazy is it? But that's what we're here for, spreading the message. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And we can get back into more of this. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and keep all of that now, even though that's pre show stuff. I'm oh, probably yeah, going to keep sure, all right. of that and just replay the, <laughs> redo yeah. the, 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 uh, the intro to this. Um, who wants, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. So so let me let me do this. Hey guys, welcome to Java Chat. <laughs> <clears throat> this is coffee with Mike. This is kind of an impromptu, informal beginning, only because Pete just started leaning right in, right into what we wanted to talk about. You okay, brother? <clears throat> I have allergies. It's bad. Most yeah. people know about it. And uh, 
started talking about human connection. And I think I've said this before um, in a couple of other podcasts that we can't go around just living on technology and, and expecting that that's what connects us. Technology is not a connector. Technology is a support after the connection. And this is something I teach in business etiquette. I mean, which <laughs> apparently is, is starting to get a call to come back to come back to the, the forefront again. An, a, you know, another project to work on. Wonderful. Mm. Uh, but, but the mere fact that people are still thinking that being connected means being on social media, being on their, their phones, being on their computers, that is not a genuine connection. It never has been. Um, and to have, to have Pete, uh, Pete, how do you say your last name? Bombachi. Bombachi. Okay. Um, to have Pete with us here today uh, to talk about what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're still going to run through our normal format, but guys, this is like a really, really big deal to me. And the only reason it's such a big deal to me, probably even more so now is because of the loss that I'd recently experienced and realizing that when you don't have something there, you know, everybody, everybody kind of blows it off. It's like, ah, you know, uh, if they don't appreciate your presence, make them, make them miss you or whatever the, the saying is. And it's like, I don't think you guys understand just exactly how powerful that is <laughs> because when you no longer have the presence of another human that you've either gotten used to or have had around for many years or even for just, you know, a few weeks, um, you really, you really sense the void that is there. And, and it's, it's a, it's, it's the human condition. We have to have connection. And, and Pete talks about social connection in such a manner where it's like, okay, humankind is time to wake up. And honestly, he's, he's, he's been trying to wake humankind up for a while, but it's really time to wake up because especially after this pandemic that we just went through, where governments literally told everybody stay home, stay away from each other, you know, stay, stay, stay at least six feet from each other. I, nobody understands that those are, you're talking about exempting other people and their magnetic fields. We reach out six to eight feet. That's why they're, that's why they want us apart. They don't want us touching each other. They don't want us. Everybody says it's for the health. Okay. I get it. There's a virus, not, not a joke, not a hoax. It's real. I've had friends that have had it. I've got friends that have had friends that have died from it. Stuff's real. I've had friends sick from it, down badly, um, like super battle. Okay, it's real. But the amount of the amount of separation that it has caused has caused. Uh, sorry, I, I I think it's caused much more um, health issues in humankind than anybody even thought was possible. And Pete's message happens to deal with that. So with that said, Pete, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Mike, it's awesome to be here, brother. And thank you for sharing that. That's that's powerful stuff. Yeah. And it's it's um I, I, I want one of those shirts. I love it. I'd be happy to get you one. Yeah, and 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 definitely we'll be wearing it somewhere sometime. I'm, I guarantee it. Um What's your background, brother? Where you where where did you where did you come up with all of this? How did how did this how'd you get to this? You know, uh, I, I, what I say is my background is I spent 20 years in the booze business as a sales and marketing guy. And in hindsight, what I recognize now is that my whole job was to bring people together. And my purpose at that time was to sell alcohol. I was in the beer business, wine business, liquor business. I sold everything that you've ever probably tried. 
But what I recognize now in hindsight is actually what was really powerful is when you brought people together, that's when they were happiness. Yeah. When, whether it was in a bar, at home, at a community event, whatever the case may be, that's when they were happiness or happiest. And what I also love to point out is it wasn't the alcohol. Because if you think of cheers, mm -hmm. you know, most people just wanted a place to go. It, yep. you know, it wasn't about the alcohol. And if, if happy hour was truly about you know, alcohol, then you wouldn't leave an empty bar to go see a place that was packed. We all line up in, in lineups to go be the place where people are. Yep. And that's the insight that we all need to understand is happy hour was actually human hour. It was actually when people wanted to see other people. So at the end of a long day at the office, when you're, you know, head down into the, into work, you actually came out the other side. Then I went off and I ran uh, in Movember Canada, the mustache charity for men's health. Nice. Did that for five years up in Canada, raised $142 million for men's health. More importantly, got us to talk about health again. And while I was there, I had a lot of conversations with people that were in the health sector. And uh -huh. a lot of them talked about human connection as a recovery tool that, hey, when you go through a mental health crisis, when you go through a physical health crisis, it was important to stay socially connected. And mm -hmm. then when I started to do a little more digging, whether it was Maslow's hierarchy, Dr. Robert Waldinger at uh, Harvard, you know, Dr. Lori Santos, Jamil Zaki, you know, all these people who were actually highlighting, oh my gosh, the research is now really clear that one of the greatest preventative actions that we can all take for our health is actually spending time with other people. And now a new study, to be honest with you, out of Massachusetts General about three weeks ago, the single greatest action that any of us can take to avoid depression, it's not going for a run. It's not eating more fruit and vegetables. It's not spending time in nature. And by no means am I dismissing those because they are important as well. It's actually spending time with other people. And so all that background, the alcohol business, Movember, and, and those conversations made me realize, holy cow, we are living in a society that doesn't know about the information. We've been told to go to the gym for decades. We've been told to eat better for yep. decades. Yep. And now we're waking up in a world where we're more disconnected. And I'm talking about pre-pandemic. We are oh, more yeah. disconnected than ever. You touched on social media as one of the challenges, but it's just a faster pace, more distraction, more pressure. And it makes us, it leads us to isolate ourselves. And what I recognized is, holy cow, we need a movement that not only educates people, but empowers and catalyzes us to actually take action. Because in Canada, where I'm, I'm up in Toronto, 50% of Canadians don't know their next door neighbor's name, Mike. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure it's worse here. Exactly. You know, I'm sure it's, it's worse here. Yeah, we, we, we live we, in parallel we, lives. We, we've gotten into such a, <laughs> uh, what's the word? Um, ironically disconnected society mm. and yet we call ourselves super connected because of social media and, and yeah. I wanted to, to to kind of focus on something that you said there yeah it's a super distraction holy shit I mean how how many people you know I was at a I was at a business networking event this was pre-pandemic I was at a business networking event um, packed house like business people everywhere talking you know, having their cocktails, et cetera, et cetera. One table I walked by on, a, on the, the backside bar. There's, there's like two bars in this place. Three young ladies. All looked like they were business professionals. All three of them sitting at a table with each other. All three of them staring at their phones, laughing and doing their thing on their phone. And I'm looking at this going, are you kidding me? 
you guys came here to a business networking event to sit on your phones. And, and I watched to see if I could see them later. They were gone. It, it really didn't get any value out of it by sitting there on their phones. So they left early and, and they came together. Mm. It's like, you guys don't get it. Do you, this is, this is not the time. This is not the time to be technologically connected. That comes tomorrow. Um, I have a friend here who's, who does a, um, uh, no social media Monday. She literally puts one post in Sunday night. It pops up. She doesn't post Jack on Monday. She stays completely off of social. And I, and I commend her for it because it's like, you know, I run marketing campaigns, so I can't really, I end up having to check on everything. But um, the idea of it is no posting. No posting, no reading, no sitting around, putzing around and all that kind of stuff. It's a waste of time. You're not really connecting with anybody and you're only, sure, some of it's hilarious. That's fun. The memes, that's okay. But there's no connection there. That's not a connector. In business etiquette, a connector, which is now they've, they've and, and this is the part that really gets my goat. They have said that handshakes should probably go away. Are you kidding me? The one thing that proves to another person you have no ill will or ill intent towards them, and you're saying we shouldn't do it anymore. You can't put on hand sanitizer. You can't wash your hands. We did it before. We washed our hands before we shook other people's hands. Well, at least those of us that had respect for, mm. for that part of the, the health of life. You, you know, I mean, where's, where's, the, where's the connection? It's not there if you're on tech. And so fast forward to today, obviously, we, we do have different unwritten rules for the game now, obviously. But we're looking at it from the standpoint of how do we get back to this? Because, and, and I'm, and I'm going to get into the negative side of it, but how do we get back to this now before the negative stuff starts coming up, which we've already seen and, and have been seeing for the last, like, what, year? I mean, how do we get back to this? How do we, how do we viably do this where we can start having social connection again and, and getting ourselves being, being healthy as we ought to be? Well, you know, um, <laughs> this is why uh, what you just described, Mike, is why I started this movement. And the Genwell Project is a human connection movement. And we have two, two goals. First off, behavior change starts with education. Yeah. We can't expect people to do the right thing. We expect people to go for a run and eat better. Oh, sure. But we don't understand how important human connection is. And if I can, I'll just go through. It reduces anxiety and depression, increases empathy, compassion, and resilience. And in the political polarized world that certainly you guys are in, and we have it up here as well, yeah. you know, if we spend time with other people, we understand them better. And when we understand them better, we don't tweet nasty stuff at them. We actually have a conversation because if you and I are sitting side by side, I'm not going to turn to you and call you a jackass. I'm actually going to say, hey, Mike, tell me what you think, because I wouldn't be as rude to do that. But when we get to know each other, that creates empathy, compassion. It builds resilience. It strengthens our immune system. So at a time when we're dealing with a health crisis, spending time with other people keeps you healthier. Oh, and if you get sick, having that community of people around you helps make you healthier quicker as well. Increases longevity, 
you know, as I said, the latest research out of Massachusetts General saying that it's the single largest preventative action we can do is spending time with other people. And another study uh, in the last few months out of Ireland, out of the UK, which is stating that um, there's a direct correlation between loneliness and isolation and type 2 diabetes. So I don't care. Wow, really? Or you want to talk about physical health. The ramifications of not being connected are everywhere. It can actually, it can actually cause diabetes. Are you serious? It causes yeah. diabetes. So it increases, uh, you know, it, oh, it increases the chance that, yeah, got yeah, it, got increases it. stress in your body and the stress and anxiety that comes from that can lead to physical changes in your Jeez. body as well. And I hope you guys are hearing stuff, this. I yeah, hope this is all this. stuff that's come out in, you know, this is the last three months, but all the research that is really touching on the importance of human connection is only a decade or two old. So there's even people in the medical community who don't understand how important human connection is. And that's why we need to get ahead of the curve here. Yeah. We need a movement that actually says to people every day, whether it's you, whether it's mayors, whether it's counselors, whether it's the president, you know, we all need to be saying, hey, you know, the greatest thing. And I know there's a big change today it happens to be the day of the inauguration. There's big changes coming south of the border. And, you know, Canadians always think of ourselves, I'll, I'll refer to us as the little brother. <laughs> that, you know, wishes nothing but the greatest for uh, all of our uh, American friends. And the greatest thing we can do is come together right now yeah. uh, as individuals, as streets, as communities, as countries, because we are all in this together. Yes, we are experiencing this uh, differently, depending on who we are, where we are. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we need to recognize we are dependent upon each other more so than we ever have been even though the last 50 60 years we've created the most individualistic society in history the time we've now seen where that's led to polarization illness you know separation of wealth all of those things and how's that working for us in the famous words of dr phil mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's working so well no and in, in fact the, the divisive there's there's so much to unpack what you with everything you yeah. just said i'm, I'm gonna I'm rewind real quick because i just remembered seeing something <laughs> recently um everybody remembers mike tyson says everybody's got a, a a real great plan until they get punched in the mouth <laughs> and and it's funny because not long after that he came out with another one that says y'all are getting too used to being able to talk shit on social media without getting punched in the mouth mm. and and i came across a post just I think a couple days ago where these two guys walked into a shop and confronted somebody who was talking all the smack about, he was, he would be able to beat somebody else and, and who's a world champion. And while they're talking to him, the world champion walks in and says, yeah, I saw your comment. Let me have you outside for a few minutes. <laughs> and I was like, well, um, we all knew that was coming. The moment you see two guys calling somebody out, you know, they got something up their sleeve because they want to just see exactly how brave somebody is. Because it really has gotten that bad, people have, people have really begun to sit there and, and the name calling, the nasty, the nasty comments, the and and it's like, we spent a whole bunch of time trying to explain to people. If you uplift others and try to explain things to others, then there's a conversation. If all you're going to do is detract and put down and and you know dump on people and call them names, you're never. One, you're never going to get them to side with you. No matter how much, no matter how much you may be correct, and no matter how much facts you throw at somebody, you're never going to get them to come to your side. It's just not going to happen. If you actually have the capacity to put your emotions aside, which I, I'm seeing all over the internet, that ain't happening. People love their emotions, and they're easily 
they're easily manipulated because of it. And and that's across the political spectrum, y'all. And it's 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 mind-numbing to me to see people doing this to each other. Um, over half the time, I catch myself about ready to write a comment, and I look at it, and I'm like, nah. What am I going to say that's going to change their mind? Nada. I know what I know, and I know where things are headed, and I, I have my sources of, of intel, if you will. It's not going it, to – the doomsayers are, are overshooting. Um, will there be changes? Yeah, there's going to be changes. Are they going to be good? Some. Not all of them. There's, there's, a, there's a challenge in every change of the guard, if you will. It, it's, not one's any better than the other. It all goes to pot eventually. Because, <laughs> and I say that because if you look, eventually power does corrupt. Mm. We're dealing with that issue in our country right now. Um, I've been seeing some of the things going on in your country. You guys are dealing with it in a way too. Yep. Um, UK is dealing with it big time. Um, the EU is dealing with it big time. Um, there's, there's just, there's not enough proper conversation. There's too much pomp and circumstance. And then there's a lot of shit talking and it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, if, if people were to just sit down and have a nice conversation, a respectful conversation and, and brought real things to the table that, that were easy to see, because not everything's easy to see right now either. That makes it just as hard. Uh, I, I honestly believe that we would probably have better connections, better conversations, better solutions. Um, so I agree that this movement is definitely needed. It, I, think it's, I think it's a matter of how do we, how do we regulate ourselves and this, in this kind of time um, to be able to have those conversations without seeming weird or awkward. Because that's exactly where this, that's where everything's at right now in the world. It's, it's weird and awkward because of a virus. I mean, we, we can't, we can't, without fearing certain things, we can't just walk up to anybody anymore. You know, I mean, it's literally been set up to keep us from walking. Dude, I'm a hugger. Yeah, me, me too. I, I see people, it's like, we hug in some way or another, it's going to happen. And I'm now at this point, I'm like, oh, I'll go hang out in my house. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike, it's such a, it's such a challenge right now. Um, I, I, I'll go for a walk every morning with the dog and, uh, you know, you see people coming along the sidewalk and all of a sudden they're take they're veering out to the middle of the road yeah, that's like before what? they go around you. And, and Hey, everybody's got their comfort level <clears throat> with, the, with the virus. So understood that there are certain challenges that, uh, you know, people are elderly, people are very concerned. So I get that. But at a time when we need each other more than ever, it's just a shame that this is, this is where we are. But again, to your point, I think the thing we need to recognize is we didn't get here in one day, one week, mm -hmm. or one presidency, mm -hmm. to be yep. honest with you. That's right. This, is, this has happened over decades. Mm -hmm. we, we built taller fences in our backyards. We yep. built bigger houses for smaller families. We've built front, our back decks instead of front porches. We've built automatic garage doors. Everything that we've done over the yep. last few decades yep. has created the physical isolation that we are now waking up to. And you throw in technology on top of that and you recognize the emotional barriers. You know, I talk about the competitive set I had when I grew up. It was literally the five guys I could see out my front window. Mm -hmm. And now it's the Kardashians, the Jenners, uh, every sports celebrity, movie celebrity, TV celebrity, you name it. They're out there and I can watch what they're doing each and every day.
And so, you know, we're not going to change the world. This movement is as great as I believe it is and how much it's needed. We're not going to change the world in one day or one week. This is about in, in, entrenching the idea and the information in people's minds that, hey, when you're not feeling yourself, you know, one of the greatest things you can do, rather than tweeting something negative to your point about, instead of putting somebody else down, why not actually reach out yourself and, you know, understanding that it can make you happier and healthier. And I actually might even say the more powerful part of this whole movement, and I call this the dirty little secret, is actually when you help somebody else, you feel better too. It's interesting that you, you mentioned something that triggered a thought. There's a guy on TikTok by the name of John Dawson who used to do uh, videos on <clears throat> construction because he owns a construction company. And um, he moved over into politics and has battled, like battled with people on TikTok um, over uh, ideals. And, and he's had debates and he, he's still posting political stuff. But one of the things that he did which sincerely got my respect for him was somebody who was on the other side of the political spectrum from him um, charged out a, a video and it looked like it was calling him out. And instead of him being emotional about it, which would have been the knee jerk reaction, he literally went to that person on Instagram, reached out and said, Hey, listen, why don't we have a conversation? And they did. And he came back and he says, I have mad respect for this person because that person came back to me. We had a conversation. We agreed on some things and disagreed on others, and we're okay with that. And he and it's like, so don't go, don't go throwing no hate at that person. We have respect for each other. It's fine. We will, we will have other debates, probably not publicly, but I have, I have respect for. It. That is exactly what technology is supposed to do: is support the human connection, not drive a wedge between it, which is what it's been doing. And, and it's, you know, when we first had cell phones, it brought the world, it shrank the world a bit, right? You remember that? And then all of a sudden, it, it expanded the world. And all of a sudden, there seemed to be so many more people in it. And now all of a sudden, it's like, we want to shrink the world all over again using technology. That kind of a, that kind of a bubble can only go in one direction yeah. eventually. Yeah. And, and, and this is where I want to start talking about like isolation and things of that kind of nature. Uh, before I do that though, let's, let's take a quick uh, 30 second break. Um, this is, this is rolling just exactly how I was hoping. So 30 seconds Hello. guys, and we'll be right back. All right, everybody. We're back here. Java chat coffee with Mike sitting here with Pete Bombacci. Dude, I love your last name. Oh, thanks. Man. Is, 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 is it like, is it Italian? Yep. Yep. Bombacci. Nice. There you go. That's the perfect pronunciation. Oh, wait. Do you realize that's one of Don Rickles' names that he uses? Uh, yeah, it's something. Vinny Bombach? No. Vin Vinny Bombacci. Yeah. Two shots to the head last week. <laughs> he did it on Johnny Carson. Um, that's um, an old reference, my Bombacci, friend. Bombacci. Yeah, tell Hating me about yourself. it. Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those were days when human connection really, really showed itself as a reality because people could laugh. Without, without worrying about being offended about stuff. And it's like, here you have somebody who's ethnically Jewish who made fun of anybody. I mean, he, was, he, he didn't discriminate was the best part about him. He didn't care who you were. You were going to get it if you were in front of him. Yeah. 
but it was so it was it, his love for people though in real life was so genuine uh i don't know if you ever saw the special on don rickles when he when they when he brought in um i think it was seinfeld and sagan and had them sitting at the table with him and they were sharing stories and talking about the genuine connection between those three and and seemingly completely unrelated people i mean if you look at don versus uh saget and and, and seinfeld it's like how do you know these two guys? I mean, what the hell do they have in common? Yeah. You know, you saw the commonality. It was like a dad and two sons, even though they were all unrelated. It was wonderful. Yeah. And this is this is the thing that I think is is still missing. And if you looked at them, even then, this, now, of course, it was pre-pandemic, but they were sitting at a table. They weren't exactly sitting next to each other. They were sitting at different spots, obviously for camera, but they still had that connection. They were in each other's presence. They were sharing a moment. And this is, you see the memes, and yet people are still not doing it. I don't get it. Mm. Mm. You and you put yourself in isolation, and now mind you, I'm guilty of this because you know I work from home. As of late, I've been trying to get out more. But when you put yourself in isolation, the kind of risks you put your health at, it doesn't matter the amount of supplements or right eating or things of that nature. If you don't get the energy that goes behind that, what are the dangers? Talk about that a bit. Well, as I said earlier, it's the opposite of what, you know, it increases uh, anxiety and depression. It can increase your chances of, uh, of dying earlier by up to 50%. Jesus. You know, it, it reduces. <laughs> Good it, Lord, dude. <laughs> yeah. Your immune system is weakened because you're not out there and connected. You don't have that support network. Mm -hmm. Obviously, your self-confidence starts to decline. I think that's actually going to be a, a challenge for a lot of people coming yeah. out the other side of this is, you know, yeah. we're not in our normal routines. I read a, a piece out of, I think it was out of the New York Times talking about our routines. We love routine. And if 80% of our days is going to the same Starbucks in the morning, is going to the same office, is having lunch and having, you know, all those routines, the coffee machine, the water cooler, and then all of a sudden somebody turns it off overnight and you kind of go, whoa, where am I? What, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. And, and when 80% of your day is, is routine, but 20% doesn't go well, you can handle that. But right now with 90% of our days, exactly. being, you know, uh, uncontrolled and not part of the routine that's the completely the and the anxiety and we did that we have an interview show uh, for Jen well called connected conversations we've interviewed a lot of you know psychologists positive psychologists workplace mental health lots of and, and you know the real message right now is hey certainly build on your connections but mm -hmm. focus on what we can control which mm -hmm. is us you know, what are we doing? Physical health, mental health, how are you staying connected? How are you reaching out? Because those are the things that we can control at a time when we can't control a whole heck of a lot. It's very interesting um, within, within the, obviously we're both marketers. So you'll, you'll get this in the world of marketing. Automation is a big thing. And, and some marketers are out there going, yeah, you can just automate everything. And then you just take the sales call and, and the rest of us old schoolers are like, whoa, 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 slow your roll, bro. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> automation's good to a point, but if you're just going to let all the marketing go through and then just take the sales call, you're going to be starting all over again because you still don't have that connection yet. You might be speaking to their needs, but you're not speaking to them. You and still the don't next, know who they are. And the next call that comes in that offers it a 10% less, they're gone. Exactly. Oh, you just, so <laughs> there's a bunch of book titles that are running through my head right now. <laughs> Simply because if there is no connection, and I remember, I can't remember which what book this was out of, but I remember that when you're talking about the cash value or the lifetime cash value of a, of a customer, 
and being able to be a linchpin for them. Uh, and that's not, and it's not Seth Godin's linchpin. This is, this is a slightly different um, concept, but being, being the, that company or that business owner's linchpin for marketing, if you don't have that human connection, you can't go back to them and say, Hey, listen, I get it. ABC is offering 10% less. We've done this for you. We've gotten you this far. Um, is there something that we can work out where we don't lose you for 10%? And interestingly enough, I know a few people um, that are in marketing that have taken calls like that and they ended up getting 20% more on top of the fee that they already get because they said, listen, what if we did this for you and we took care of this and, and we got you more results? Here's what it's gotten so far. If you don't have that connection, the ease of the other side going, well, no, I'm just going to go try them out first, will be almost immediate every time. But if you have a relationship with them, they'll be just like, well, yeah, okay, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And then you have and, – and then you get them results. Obviously, you have a new, uh, an even more loyal ranting, raving fan because you've done them so well. And the 10% discount is worthless. You know, it's really interesting. And I, uh, again, when I launched this movement back in 2016, Mike, it was really about creating a, uh, a general population. It was raising the consciousness of people across the world about the importance of human connection. And mm -hmm. I think about that from the perspective of our own personal health and happiness. If I can help you be happier and healthier by educating you about the importance of human connection in your life, then maybe you'll take a couple, because I talk about education and empowerment. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm empowering you to then say, hey, Mike, maybe you could pick up the phone call, whether it's for your health or the health of somebody else, and have a call. But I, I do a lot of speaking now in businesses. Mm -hmm. and, and people are really in awe of, wow, like human connection, I, this is what I say, it transcends everything. It transcends every illness, yep. every cause, every crisis, every business. At the end of the day, business is about relationships. Yep. And, you know, what you just described there for me is the, the transactional way that some people are thinking that the future will, will thrive. But the reality is whether it's that, uh, you know, that additional 20% or maybe it's actually at a time like this when small businesses are in crisis and you pick mm -hmm. up the phone and say, I know I sell you X. Yeah. Actually, I'm calling you today because I actually care about you as a human being. Yeah. And I just want to say, hey, our business, we're trying to reconfigure what we're doing. We're doing hand sanitizer, masks, whatever. Can I offer you up some masks to get you through? Can I help you with some PPE? Can I help you in any way? Can I sit down and have a conversation with you to see if there's any solutions? Because when we talk to each other, that's when solutions happen. Absolutely. When we're, when we're inside our own heads, Nothing. we don't tend to tell ourselves good things and we don't tend to be the most creative and innovative. But yeah. when we have those conversations, a real partnership, a real understanding as a mutually beneficial, beneficial relationship, that's the power. That's when people say, I'll pay 10% more yeah. because Mike is an amazing human being. You know, what's really interesting is that usually leads into the very thing that Napoleon Hill talks about, which is the mastermind. Because mm. usually it's, it's you becoming the outside person going totally. in for that person, becoming part of their mastermind to give them what they're in need of because you have a different perspective. My perspective as a marketer is I used to be a musician. So I think of things differently than a regular marketer that was taught in school. And I, I, I learned through other, other marketers as well. So when can't I sit talk. down, I can't talk when it, when I'm somebody, when I'm with anybody that's, you know, trying to figure something out, 
And they're like, well, I, I know your time is precious. I'm like, what's the issue? What are you dealing with? And they tell me, I'm like, well, okay. So here's a perspective, one perspective. Go find two more people after this, okay? And then I lay it out for them. And they're like, okay, um, I thank you for your time. I'm like, cool. Now go find those other two perspectives. Don't ask another marketer. You already got mine. Go ask somebody else in operations. Go ask somebody else who's out in the, as an independent not a consultant either because they, they, they do that for a living. Go find other people that can fit your mastermind and go make a connection. And, and people are just kind of blown away by that. They're like, well, I just picked your brain. I'm like, no, you asked for a mastermind and that's what I did for you. There's a difference between picking my brain and asking for actual help. Mm. Picking my brain, I won't let anybody do. Asking for actual help and creating a mastermind kind of situation, I'm happy to do. And the power of that mastermind for me is the fact that most of us are really, we struggle with reaching out and asking for help. And that requires- <laughs> What is uh, it with humans that we have that problem? Why yeah. is it that way? <laughs> and, and it's tough for us to be vulnerable. And when you have that mastermind in place, when you have that group of people that are there for you, um, then you know you have the people that you're going to get together with on a regular basis. And what the Genwell Project is really trying to do is help us build that community every day, you know, so you don't just have to wait once every six weeks when you get together with your, your mastermind group. Although I know there's lots of communication that can happen mm -hmm. amongst mm -hmm. the, the group, mm -hmm. but Hey, wouldn't it be awesome? You know, if we came out of our houses every day and we said hello to Charlie who lived next door and that we, you know, knew some people up the street, uh, you know, to me, as we're going through this pandemic, look at the challenges of our youth, you know, they are struggling with, you know, the fact that they're not in schools in many cases. They're struggling because there's so many distractions that we didn't grow up with, yep. you know, the computer, yep. the phone. Yep. And now it's really up to the parents to actually facilitate that because, you know, I've got a six-year-old. He's not going to be reaching out to other kids on the street and saying, hey, you guys want to get a game going. And obviously yeah. now we're doing it physically distant. Yeah. But the reality is now the parents need to step up and say, hey, why don't we get the kids together and play a game or hang out in the park or play on the <clears> playground? We all need to be more conscious and think about not only for our seniors who have been terribly, you know, uh, I'll say beaten up during yeah. this, this yeah, pandemic, pretty much, but yeah. our young people, you know, we're all feeling more disconnected. And if we can just be more conscious and take some small steps I, as we say with the, the campaign, we say we can make the world a happier and healthier place one connection at a time. I had a friend once whose, whose son um, is probably now in his 30s, I think. Um, but his son used to go around in school and would walk up to kids and go, you want to be my friend? And they said, sure. So it's okay, we're friends. And then he'd sit down and they would hang out. And it was, it was just like people, when they heard that story, were like, it can't be that easy. Actually, yes, it can. It's the same as walking down the street. Like I go walking a lot. If I see somebody else on the, and I, and I, I happen to pass this homeless guy that lives close to me quite often. I see him, I smile at him. He smiles back. I tell him, how you doing brother? He's I'm okay. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah. I said, all right, cool. And I walk, I see anybody else. I smile at him. My one, my one simple desire is that a warm smile will get somebody else to smile too. My, my disappointment is that I get more response out of that homeless guy than I get out of regular people walking on the street. I try to smile at somebody. They, like you said, they walk out, they look down, they don't even look up.
And it's like, we've lost so much of that human connection that people honestly believe that everybody else has got something bad for them rather than, rather than the hope of something good. Dude, my, my friend, I am so excited to get into this conversation <laughs> because you so get it. But let, but let me give you the hope. Let me give you the optimism. There's a guy named Nick Epley. So hey. first off, you're right. Our brains tell us all the bad stuff. You know, you're probably trying to get more. You want more out of life and I, you don't want me to get it. The reality is what the research shows is that we actually love connecting with each other as strangers on the subway, on the bus, even though when you go into the research with people, the initial response is, well, no, nobody wants me to talk to them on the bus. Nobody wants me to talk to them on the street. That's car. not nobody. true. I, I can, I, I, I've proven that one. That's not true. Well, people, people love to talk on the bus. It's interesting. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is that once we get into it and Nick Epley, who's at the university of Chicago, he was part of the science of wellbeing course uh, at Yale that uh, is run by Dr. Lori Santos, as I mentioned earlier, he's done the research that says, when I ask people, do you think talking to the strangers will make you happier? Most people think it won't. And they actually ask the people that you go talk to, Hey, do you really want to be spoken to? And the initial inc inclination is, well, no, I probably wouldn't be happier. Guess what? Everybody's happier when we smile, when we talk to each other. So at the end of the day, this is part of our movement, which is saying to people, if I can educate you on those facts, maybe you'll be more likely to smile like you do when you walk down the street. Maybe you'll be more likely to strike up a conversation that you're standing beside somebody. And it ain't easy right now. If we're six feet apart, it's tough. But as you described when you were talking about Seinfeld and the guys in, on that table, there, we all have an emotional connection to each other as human beings. And it doesn't take a lot to actually look at that person, just kind of give them a, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, uh, hey, by the way, I love your beard. Yeah. And you're, you're rocking the, uh, the, uh, the black and white, the gray and silver, whatever. And all of a sudden we've started a conversation. We've got a connection. Hey, we both have facial hair or, Hey, we both like black, you know, we both, you know, whatever that thing is, you know, it's, it, it's that simple connection that leads to real, uh, emotional well-being because we feel like we're not alone in this world. The, the best, the best thing that I've, and I, I, I apparently, I guess I'm going to have to start getting out the podcast and start spreading this message to the best thing that anybody could possibly do for another human. And, and it, and it might just break them. So be careful when you do this is if you see them and they try to smile and you see that there's something behind it, just empathize with them. And that could be a smile back. It could be a simple, good morning, good afternoon. Sometimes it may be in the midst of a conversation and go, you know what? I get it. I may not know what you're going through, but I get it. I've seen people lose it over that. But it's because someone acknowledges that they're not alone in whatever it is that they're dealing with. I have some amazing friends. Like last night, um, I posted, okay, it's hitting. Because um, I, just, I just lost my mom. So it... it it, it I, that's all I posted was okay. It's hitting the amount of friends that I have that I know, um, understand how I am that responded to that post was in, was way more than I thought it was going to be. And just completely showed me that they, they understand, they get it. Some of them have actually been through what I'm going through. So of course they're, they're like, bro, I got you hang in there. 
you know, then others are coming out of the, like, out of left field that have never interacted with me. And they're just like, I feel it. I feel it. I get what you're getting. So while that's, and again, that's social media is just support, but some of these people I actually see and they are, they are connected. We are connected. And to know that there's potentially a stranger that could walk by, just give you that one smile. They may not know what you're going through, but give you that one smile and you smile back. If you've never felt a solid connection just off of a smile, try it sometime. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your mom. I have uh, lost my mom in the past and I know how it feels, but what you just described is such an, a, an important message is, you know, we're going through this pandemic and what's really unique about this pandemic is that we are all going through it at the same time. Yeah. And there's, you know, other than wars, which in your generation and my generation, we've never even come close to anything where we all went through it together. The one thing we need to make sure that people understand is that people go through their own crisis every day. Oh, yeah. You know, we're going through this and yes, it's dragging on and, and everybody's affected in their own unique ways, whether it's relationship illness, uh, divorce, uh, lost job, lost finances, you know, homeschooling nightmares, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we can pick up what we all need to recognize on the other side of this is, uh, and we've had some really terrible incidents happen here in Toronto. You may have heard of them. There's a guy drove down yeah, and killed some people. And, and what happens in these crises when we go through them together is we all come together on a street corner in a place. We mm -hmm. put down flowers and candles, but the reality is people are going through their own crisis each and every day behind the four walls of their own home. And we don't have the people coming because many times in your case, you're lucky because you yeah. have a community of people, but there are lots of people out there who are either fearful to reach out to even the community that they do have. Because when you lose your job, you feel like you're not, you're not good enough anymore. You know, maybe that's a, a generalization, but you feel like you're, you're out of the race. You're on the sidelines. You're not, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not wrong though. You're not wrong though. I mean, think about it, Pete, the, the, the generation right now, Gen Z, there's a bunch of them that won't associate because their own generation would be the first to attack them. Mm. And, and I've watched this. I've watched it on TikTok. I've watched it on Twitter, I've watched it on Facebook. And it really bothers me that apparent, apparently, oh, there's the word parent. Apparently the parents haven't instilled that into their kids. Listen, if you're dealing with some shit, it's not good for you to throw your shit on somebody else mm -hmm. and, and attack them because they're going through some stuff. You never know. They may become your best friend just because you tell them, hey, that's some pretty bad shit you're going through there. Are you okay? And, and it, it, that question alone, you're not a therapist. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting everybody become therapists in this, okay? But the idea of that, that ability to say, hey, I get it. You're going through some, some, you're going through some shit. I see it. I get it. Are you okay? And be ready for the, no, I'm not okay. What do you think? I'm like, I don't. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. That's the human connection part. I mean, you might not be in the same room. If you are, geez, that's, that's even better. But I mean, there's still that part of the human connection too. We have to, if we're going to use technology, we have to use it in a means that will advance humanity. It's, it's degrading it. Yeah. I don't think it's really helping that much, at least not as of late. 
Well, you touched on something there. There's a great line in the psychology world that says you don't need to be a therapist to be therapeutic. Dude, that's cool. Never heard that one before, but that's cool. You, you got two ears, my friend, and, and you use them well. And we all have the opportunity just to say somebody, and I love what you said. How you doing, pal? Like, what's going on? And just tell me. Like, I may not have the solutions, but I'm, I'm here to listen. And I'm here to show you that I actually give a crap about you and what's going on. And the other unfortunate part is most of us wait until we're in the crisis. You know, that's those true, of us who didn't have the community, we are a crisis-oriented society. You know, when we get sick, we're like, give me that pill. Whatever that pill is, just give me that pill. And selling prevention is not easy. Saying to people, hey, you know what? If you build those healthy connection habits starting today, then the next crisis, whatever that is, you lose your job, finance, relationship, illness. I don't have time for that. I got, I got too much to do. I got too much exactly. to do. And that's, no. I call bullshit. <laughs> have you I got that? We'd all, we'd all call bullshit on ourselves, but the problem is, it's like we're so caught we should up we should be we should be calling bullshit on ourselves often. I mean, that's what mirrors yeah. are for. I th I think over half the time, most people that that are the ones that go, I don't have time. You have made it that you don't have time. Mm. The only way you're going to fix that is if you make time. Um, I used to hear this a lot in my church too. You don't you don't have time for God. You make time for God. You don't have time for meditation. You make time for meditation. You don't have time to get together with people. You make time to get together with people and have conversations. You make time. You as a human must make things happen. If you wait for them to happen, you're not going to be in control of it. It will control you, and then you won't have time for anything. Well, and you know, we've been distracted over the last three, four decades. We thought, and again... Uh, Started with media. the idiot box. Yeah, and, and, and then social media has only compounded. It just exacerbated it. It just made it worse. 24-hour <laughs> news channels, all of yeah. it. And, and the reality is we've been distracted from what truly makes us happier and yep. healthier. Yep. And I think, you know, the silver lining, and it's easy for our, you know, anybody who's got food, water, shelter, safety, and security through the pandemic is the, are the lucky ones. Yep. You know, Absolutely. Let's make sure we take a second and recognize and do what we can to help people who don't have those fundamental needs. But anybody who's got all those fundamental needs has been given a gift right now, yeah. a gift of a slower pace, an yeah. opportunity to reset, an opportunity to reconsider what they were focused on and what their priorities were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now on the other side of this, or even you know, working on it now, to your point, Maybe it's some mindfulness. Maybe it's some morning meditation. Maybe it's some gratitude pages. Maybe it's some journaling. Maybe yeah, it's yeah. you know going for all a of walk. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's all. It's not. There's not one solution. Human connection isn't the solution to the world's problems. It's yep. one part yep. of the solution. Yeah. You know, Maslow told us back in 1943 as part of the hierarchy of needs. It's all about balance. You know, you focus on any one of those levels, you're going to end up in a bad place. Yeah. It's actually finding the balance, and certainly topped off with giving back and finding purpose in your life, you know, and right now, and we say this a lot with the campaign is really maybe the greatest gift that you can do right. Give right now is picking up the phone and having a conversation with someone. It doesn't cost you anything. doesn't, you know, it doesn't take a, a lot of effort. Right. It's just thinking about who in your life would benefit from a conversation. Yep. And that's a pretty powerful thought. I would agree. Guys, we're going to take one more 30-second break. We're going to come back, talk to Pete about what uh, what he's up to right now. Besides the general, we're going to talk more about the general project, but uh, what he's up to right now and what he's planning on. 
coming in the near future. So back in 30 seconds. All right, guys, we're back in the last section of Java chat, sitting here with people and Bachi and um, joking around about me playing Batman. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting subject that we've been discussing, which is the human connection factor. And, and if you notice, I use the word factor because it is a factor to a complete picture. It's not everything, but it's definitely something. And it's something that's definitely needed, especially right now. So, um, Pete, the general project, um, what's, the, what's the premise and process? If somebody wants to become you know, a part of the movement, how does, how does one do so? Well, they can certainly head over to genwellproject.org and they can certainly, right now, they can answer a question. We've actually taken our website down for the next two months and okay. we're in the process of revamping our website. Our original website and concept was built on catalyzing people around two weekends. Mm -hmm. What we've become over the last two years is basically a 12-month awareness campaign. Sweet. Because we need this message reinforced on a daily basis. But right now, probably one of the greatest things they can do is if they're on social media... There's still lots of value on social media. Follow us on any of our platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We post things all the time um, that will allow them to, you know, tips, tools, ideas, and research on why you nice. should be staying connected. Nice. And we just want to be that, uh, that platform that says, hey, here's a little information that might help you. Mm -hmm. And then here's a, maybe a few ideas on how you can make it happen. Just before the holidays, we posted a series of infographics that are really nice. not only about <clears throat> what you can do, some ideas that you might be able to take advantage of. Right. But also recognizing, I don't care if it's a small business owner, a homeless person, maybe it's a new mother. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. think about the people in your life who would benefit today from reaching out because all of us benefit from having greater human connection in our lives. And right now, as I said earlier, maybe the greatest gift we can give each other is just picking up and having a phone call. I think that's probably the best gift that we can give to people, especially you mentioned a new mom. I don't think most people understand what new moms go through once they've given birth. There's that whole postpartum thing. Um, I watched my ex-wife go through that, and I was, like, blown away as to what women must deal with postpartum. It, it's rough. It's some rough stuff that they deal with. I didn't realize how hard it was until I watched her go through it. Um, or, you know, uh, we lost one, too. Watching her go through that postpartum was even worse, and I was just like, I didn't know what to do. Um, at the time I didn't understand, just be present and be there and be supportive. It's all she really needed. Uh, totally agree with that. So, um, you said two months, the website will be back up, follow you on social guys. You guys know that all the links will be done in the comments. That's we, we do that for everybody. Um, are you, you, you're still speaking, correct? We do a lot of speaking, corporate speaking, community speaking. You know, this is how we're paying the bills right now. Sure. Uh, we are uh, in the process of trying to seek out sponsors, uh, certainly foundations to who understand the importance of this message, not only as a uh, an opportunity to make a difference in the world, but to connect brands to, hey, when we get together, what do we do? Well, we eat, we drink, we celebrate with people, and we'll get back to that soon enough. Sure, sure. But finding those businesses, finding those organizations who believe in making the world a happier and healthier place by getting people connected, those are the people we'd love to connect with and, and, and make this thing uh, uh, as big as any other movement that we've ever seen because right now we need it more than ever. I have some HR um, consultants I need to connect you with on LinkedIn. So they might have some referrals for you because they, they would completely get what you're talking about. Um, David Shar, who's a good friend of mine's 
um, was is the one that encouraged me to start up business etiquette again. Uh, and I, I have a feeling he'll link right into your mission. No Love problem. It. Thank you. Um, and, and there's a couple more beyond that, but we'll, we'll get that done. Um, when it comes to the kinds of businesses that you've found success with so far, is it, is it a specific industry that has responded or is it any, anybody in particular, or is it just a, a spectrum? Well, certainly on the, you know, there's different ways we approach it. When we go speak to businesses, we're talking about the employees. Yeah. So when we speak, it's about health and wellness. It's about diversity and inclusion. You know, inclusion is about making a conscious effort to make sure that people feel connected. Yep. And that requires an ongoing effort. That's not just hiring diverse people. Right. The effort comes right. back to the hiring. And so you don't start another subject, dude. We'll be here yeah, for another sorry, hour. Sorry about that. <laughs> so when we, when we speak to businesses, it's any business, yeah. but when we talk about marketing, you know, and I'm a marketer as we have, we talked about yeah. earlier yeah, in the yeah, show, yeah. at the end of the day, I think of it from a perspective of, okay, I know you need to sell more product. Okay. How can I help you sell more product while we make the world a better place? Okay. When we come together, what do we do? Well, we probably might, might have a barbecue. Or we might have some snacks or we might have some pop or we might have some milk or cookies or whatever. When we think of kids, we think of seniors. We think of So any brand that would be at the heart of bringing people together to me is an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Connecting our brands to purpose, mm -hmm. something we hear all the time and we know that the long-term results demonstrate that that actually drives positive results for a business mm -hmm. But it's really finding those business or that individual within a business who recognize it and goes, this is actually the next big thing. Mm -hmm. We will need this on the other side of the pandemic. We will need to help people get over that insecurity. We will need to get people over that fear of connecting to stop walking into the middle of the street and going right. around. Exactly. We will need to have catalysts and education to say, hey, A, it's okay because the pandemic's over. We've been vaccinated. Here are the stats. But number two, let's create the catalyst that allows us to all come together face to face because you talked about being a hugger, brother. I am a massive hugger. I'm, look out. When, I, when this thing's over, I'm going to be hugging people that are, come within you know, a mile of me. And the reality is we need hugs. We are yeah. missing human connection. And that's beyond, uh, we're talking about the, the, the conversation, the connection, emotional connection. I'm talking now physical connection, which yeah. we, are, we are lacking. And so, yeah. you know, we're looking for businesses. We're looking for individuals, anybody who actually sees, hey, this movement is so critical right now to making the world a better place and setting ourselves up for success beyond this. Because if we think that the health crisis of COVID ends when we get everybody vaccinated, no. we are, uh, no. we no. have so much to go through beyond that was, this. That was just a simple roadblock to the actual problem. That was that only exacerbated the issue. And I, actually, I'm kind of glad that it did because it made it more plain what the real issue is. It's about connecting because mm -hmm. people have just forgotten how to do it. Yeah. They really have. They, it's funny you say that because it was almost like, you know, I've often I've joked that, you know, I think Mother Nature, God, and whoever else you want to put into the, the pack kind of got together and said, hey, we've thrown some bad weather at you. We've thrown some, you know, we've, uh, financial crisis. We've tried this. We've tried that. You still haven't gotten it. Let's see what happens now. <laughs> All right. Try this one. Try this one on for size. See how that works. And I think the real powerful part, which is, you know, it's all of this is unfortunate. Yeah. But at the end of the day, because we are all experiencing it together, that's the wake up call.
because when I when the financial so. crash happened, it only affected those people that yeah. were you know that were invested Vested. in the market. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when the blackout, which was the original inspiration up in North America, you know, on the northeastern seaboard, fifty million people without power for anywhere from two to seven days. Those people went through it. But when I talk to people in California or in Vancouver, they go, "Man, what you talking about?" And I say, well, but actually, do you remember the mudslides that you had? Yeah. Same thing. You had the snowstorm that had six feet of snow overnight? Mm -hmm. Same thing. That's when we come together. We are amazing human species in times of crisis. And what we need to do is start building those connections outside the crisis so we can handle anything together. Yeah. I think I think for, oh, man, again, just that, that's another hour of conversation. <laughs> Let's God. do this again. We we need to do more talking. There there's there's so much on the social side and the political side that that needs to be called out because it was it was used improperly to to manage the crisis. If a if a proper human connection would have been there, people wouldn't be pointing fingers. People wouldn't be calling other people out for being inconsiderate. People wouldn't be calling other people out for being sheep. People would be simply saying, "All right, where's the reality in all of this? Let's see the data, the real data. Let's sit down and talk about what we can all do for each other." So that nobody else tells us, and then we can do it ourselves. Because really, humankind, you're right. We're super resilient. We have survived some of the craziest shit over the last thousand years or so. And technology has has definitely made it better, as much as it's made it worse. And there's just, but the human connection has allowed humankind to lessen its resilience. And that's to me, that's the scariest part. When humankind loses its resilience to to issues. Not, and I'm not talking just about like the pandemic. I'm talking just period issues. When we lose resilience to issues, there's one word that crawls in and starts causing all kinds of havoc, and it's called indifference. When there's, a, when there's indifference, there's a lack of compassion. Look in the world today. How much compassion is there really? Mm. Be honest. It's lacking bad, and it's because of that. And it's, it's only going to get worse if we don't start getting better. So, uh, yeah, come back. We'll talk about that one too, brother. Um, but for this for this particular one, um, I, I want to thank you for coming and spending time with me, sharing your message, sharing the general project. Um, and just for you guys, for those of you that are going to come to our website, you'll probably see their banner posted up. Um, it'll take you to one of the social platforms, uh, and when their website comes back, we'll get you back up on there too. But guys, this is this is super important. I mean, human connection is to me one of the most important things necessary in life period bar none you, you can't you can't go through life running away from other humans you serve you serve yourself in a very bad way and I, I, I it's not about not serving them it serves both of you it serves all of you it has to be done pete thanks for coming man i really appreciate you sharing some time with us Mike, I honestly love the conversation. I love what you're all about. And uh, thanks for helping us spread the message. Absolutely. Guys, for those of you that know uh, how we do this, all the links for for their, well, when they're not their website right now, we'll put it down there, but you know, keep an eye on it. I don't know all their social. That'll all be down in the comments. If you got questions for Pete, make sure you ask him down in the comments. He'll have the links both here and on, 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 on Anchor. Uh, or, you know, find him on social and talk to him over on his social pages or in his groups. He, I'm sure he'd be happy to, to interact. And I'm sure more people that are in that community would be happy to interact with you as well. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit that button and the little bell next to it because that tells you when we get more amazing guests like this coming on and sharing their expertise and their passion. If you're listening on any of the 
I think it's 13 platforms now. <laughs> wow. Uh, that, that share podcast, whether that's CastBox, iTunes, what have you, feel free to download it. Download it, Downloads matter or subscribe wherever you're at. Uh, if you're listening on anchor.fm, which is where we home, home base everything, uh, you can support us there. Every little bit and donation helps to keep things rolling in the right direction. Um, we always end this the same. We love every single one of you for taking or making time to listen to one of our podcasts. Thank you very much. We love you. And we want to tell you the same thing. Stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live for Pete Bombacci and myself. Coffee with Mike. Ciao for now. Cheers, brother. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.